holy is the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Lori, for uh, reminding us of the holiness of God. We're glad you joined us tonight. Thank you for being here in the sanctuary, and thank all of you who have joined us by Facebook Live and uh, by live stream. We pray, as we always do, that you feel God's presence as we worship him tonight. I'm going to ask that you stand and join us. We sing together, He leadeth me, He leadeth me. Would you do that tonight? says they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one, on Jordan's stormy back. <laughs> Thank you. 
come tonight to continue leading us in worship. You join.
Amen. Thank you all. What a beautiful song. Can we just pray together? Oh, God, thank you that Jesus loves us. This we know, for the Bible tells us so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Thank you for your sacrificial, unconditional love. And God, we pray that tonight that your love might be thick, not only in this sanctuary, but wherever people are worshiping tonight. I pray that they might feel your presence and know how loved they are. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So glad that you're here tonight. And again, welcome to those of you who are watching online or virtually. We're grateful for all of you who are taking time out of your week to worship with us. And I pray to, to grow in the faith. For the last several weeks, we've been going through a study, How to Pray. Most folks who are Christians have been praying since we were young or when we came to know Christ, or maybe your parents taught you to pray even before you had a personal relationship with Jesus. But prayer is one of our most valuable uh, gifts from God that we can communicate with him. Last week, we talked about how we can intercede for others through intercessory prayer. And so tonight, for a few moments, I want to continue to talk about how to pray. And specifically tonight, we're going to be talking about something that I think is very appropriate, is how to do warfare praying, how to do warfare praying. We're living in a day and time where there is much division among us, there's really a lot of wars going on uh, within our own country and certainly throughout the world. And uh, if there was ever a time for us as followers of Christ to be on our knees or flat on our faces or in our prayer closets, it would be now that we would pray together. I love a story that Ronnie Floyd, who uh, wrote this book, How to Pray, shared that when he was a young minister, he had gone, he was invited to go preach at an African-American church, and he said he was uh, humbled and honored to be asked, and he was a nervous wreck, and he shared that there was an elderly black minister that spoke before he did. He said he could not recall his name. He could not even recall the name of the church. But he said he remembered his entire life one of the things that this minister said. He said, if you are not having a head-on collision with the devil every day of your life, that probably means you are going in his same direction. And I loved those words. If you are not having a head-on collision with the devil every day of your life, that probably means you are going in his same direction. 
You know, it's important for us to know tonight that when we are trying to live for Christ, there's going to be spiritual conflict. When we are trying to do what's good and pleasing to God, we are going to be met with conflict. And so the closer we get to God, the more spiritual attacks you will face in your life. Let me just ask you this rhetorical question, and you can think on it. Would you say that you have been spiritually attacked in these last few days or weeks or months? Have you been under attack? Maybe you're under attack right now in some form in your life. You're experiencing spiritual warfare. You and I both know that not all conflict is bad. As a matter of fact, certainly when we as Christians stand against unrighteousness, just as Jesus did, we can have righteous anger. Jesus was perfect, but in his anger, he did not sin. Many times we sin in our anger, but sometimes when we're trying to live for Christ, or almost always, we'll have spiritual conflict when we are trying to live for Jesus. But what can happen through the conflict? Hopefully, we can grow in our faith. And maybe right now, the conflict you're going through, God is saying, look, I'm with you, and I'm going to help you to grow through this. I had someone that came today, and uh, they were asking me about last Sunday's message, and if you were here or either you watched the service, remember we were talking about how Paul was talking about the importance of rejoicing in the Lord and that we would be content whatever the circumstance. And, and if you remember seeing or hearing that message, then the person was asking, how are we supposed to rejoice when we are in pain and when we are hurting and when we are going through conflict in our lives. And I said, the way we as Christians do that is we cling to our faith in the Lord and we grow through it. It doesn't mean we're excited that your heart is broken. We're excited that I'm sick or we're excited that a loved one is pain. We're not rejoicing in that, but rejoicing in the fact that God promises to be with us and our faith is growing through these challenging times and through the pain that we often face. But anytime we get serious about prayer and walking intimately with God, there will be spiritual conflict. That's why I believe some people just end up saying, you know, it's easier just to, to give in and give up and just say, forget it, because, you know, I, I'm just enduring so much right now, and I'm just, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, I'm just going to throw in the towel. That's exactly what the devil would like you and me to do. But tonight, warfare praying consists of praying against Satan, of praying against Satan. If you have your Bible or if you want to turn with me uh, to the book of Ephesians, uh, these will be familiar passages uh, to many of you. Certainly, Paul wrote the letter to the church at Ephesus, but not only to the Christians at Ephesus, it's believed to have been a circular letter that went to Christians throughout Asia Minor, and he was writing to really 
disciple them, to grow them in their faith, to say, look, embrace the grace of God, but not only embrace, but see how you can grow in your faith and to help you through daily living. And that's how I feel the Lord has called me, not only to point people to the salvation we have in Jesus Christ, but to help the believer to grow in their faith on a day-to-day -day basis, that we know how to apply the Word of God to our daily lives. But listen to these words that Paul wrote that will be familiar, beginning with verse 10. Ephesians 6, Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's a powerful scripture. We are inadequate to overcome his power on our own. That's why we must be strong in the Lord, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, not our mighty power, but in his mighty power. And then he says that we are to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Do, would you all agree that the devil is delighting with what's going on in our country right now? Don't you think he is loving every second of it? He's just having a field day. He's laughing his ugly head off because he is delighting in all the hate and all the division and, and all the slander and, and all the, the things we've been watching take place. I still think we live in a great country. I still believe that God can bless our country as he has already done and continue to bless us, but we must stand in his power against the devil's schemes. And then in a passage that we've shared many times, found in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verses 8 and 9, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Be alert and of sober mind, or be self-controlled, some translations say, and alert. Your enemy, the devil, you know what the devil's name means? It means accuser. It means a slanderer. And many times the devil whispers in our ear trying to bring us down. And maybe you've been hearing this. I know I have. You can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You can't live the Christian life. Has the devil been whispering some lies in your ears lately? Maybe trying to cause you to stumble. He'll try to bring you and me down in any way he can. He will scheme and plot and plan. And so what do we need to know? Well, 
When I was in high school and, and we would uh, prepare for a, a basketball game, many times one of the assistant coaches or one of the dads from our team would go and they would scout the opposing team. And, and even sometimes we would be privileged with some game film where they would video this team that we were going to play and we would watch the other team. Why do you think we were watching the other team? Why, why do you think we would listen to the scouting report? It was letting us know the strengths and the weaknesses of our opposing team, of the enemy, if you will. Well, how can we combat the devil unless we understand how he operates and how he works? And I think it's important that we know, and there's some critical facts we need to know about our enemy, the devil. First, you are in a spiritual war with Satan, not with people. We need to understand that our struggle, as we shared in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That means our struggle is not with people, even though right now maybe we feel like we're in a struggle with certain people. But our enemy is the devil. So stop seeing people as the source of your problem and conflicts. But I will have to tell you this. The devil, I believe, sometimes can use people. <laughs> he can use people to try to disrupt or to discourage or to defeat you and me. So we need to know, first of all, that we are in a spiritual war with Satan, not with people. Secondly, Satan is your only enemy. Satan is your only enemy. It's not a person. It's not an institution. It's not a system. Yes, Satan can operate through people, but he ultimately is the enemy. And I've really had to Pray and ask God to help me to put that in perspective. That when there are people who many times attack or not act very Christ-like, that I have to understand, we have to understand that, hey, the devil sometimes, uh, maybe this person's going through a rough patch, maybe I'm going through it, and the devil just magnifies. And I've shared that in Sunday sermons before, through these last several months, I think everybody, everyone has been so stressed, so tired, so ready to get back to normal that everything is magnified. And I think sometimes when, when people get tired of arguing uh, with their spouse or maybe with their family, then they want to get into it with somebody else. And maybe that's what you've experienced, son, that sometimes people are on edge, but Satan is the enemy. It's not a person. It's not an institution. Third, Satan wants to destroy you, your family, your church, and the work of Jesus Christ across the world. In our scripture passage that we read in Ephesians chapter 6, when it said that, that our struggle is, is not against flesh and blood, against the rulers, against the authority, against the powers, but it's the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms 
But many times Satan will use, again, situations or sometimes even people to try to disrupt and destroy. He never is interested in building us up or wanting you and me to succeed. He only wants to destroy your marriage, the church, and he wants to divide. You know what? The family of faith is supposed to be a united body. But I have to tell you, through these last several months, I think Satan has loved dividing people and dividing churches because everyone is handling this crisis differently. And so many times when people don't agree, then automatically we're going to get upset at the church, we're going to get upset with the leadership or the pastor or whomever it may be, but that's how Satan tries to work, to get in and disrupt and destroy. So don't allow him to have any glory or victory. But fourthly, even though Satan is alive and well, his doom is certain. Even though Satan, you know what, he... He wants, uh, he doesn't just roll over and give us to Jesus. He works really hard to try to, to disrupt and destroy us. So we have to realize that the devil isn't a fictitious character out of a storybook. He's real. He, he's been real. He is real. And he's still working. But I love it when Satan reminds us of our past or our sin, you've heard that saying, then you remind him of his future because he has no future. And when the devil tries to discourage you or me, just remember God has already defeated him through Jesus Christ. And so tonight, my challenge to you and me is that we would pray, and, and we don't have this on the screen, but out of Ephesians chapter 6, Verse 18, Paul wrote, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so I'm challenging you tonight to pray in the Spirit. And we've talked about that before that's praying in the power of the Holy Spirit because we can't do it on our own strength. So you pray in the, in the strong name of Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit that Satan would not have any glory or victory in your marriage, in your family, in our homes, in our church, in our state, in our country, in our world. Satan is not going to have any glory. And so I think if we would collectively do that and pray for each other, and I've told you this, I pray for you all every day. I pray for this church family. As we talked about praying, interceding for people, I pray for some of you specifically when I know what your needs are. If it's a health issue or depression or anxiety or addiction or, or maybe it's a financial, I will pray specifically but I always pray for all of our members, for all of our ministries, for all of our ministers, for all of our guests that come or worship. 
I pray for our church family every day. I challenge you to do the same thing. And that God is going to continue to bless this church. And when all this is said and done, that we're going to be stronger than we were before. But don't allow Satan to have any glory or victory or to give in to uh, what he's trying to whisper in your ear or into mine. Tonight, I want us to spend some time in prayer. And uh, if you're on our church email list, you receive prayer request. If you would like to be added, contact the church office. But we have a lot of folks that are hurting. We have folks that are battling COVID. We have people that are in the hospital. Um, we have families that have lost loved ones. We have extended church family, people that are having surgeries and going through difficult times. And I told you last week, I've gone back and forth with whether or not to share names as we would normally do so you could pray specifically, but I'm always a little hesitant because it's out there for everyone and, and uh, folks may or may not want everybody and their brother knowing. I think they would want everybody praying but you can look up the specific needs on the prayer list that you should have received already, maybe even before prayer meeting or receive after. And if you would like to be added to that list, you can contact us. But we have a lot of people that need prayer tonight. And uh, before, we, um, before we go to the Lord in prayer, um, and in a few moments, I'm going to invite I usually say after a prayer meeting, we're going to pray over these pews, but I want to incorporate that as part of our prayer meeting. I don't want to do it just at the end. I want us to do it as a part of our prayer meeting to pray, but um, I want us to just have a time of silent prayer, and wherever you're watching tonight and worshiping, that you can pray from your heart, and I'm going to invite you that are here to pray from your heart um, silently. And then I'm going to come down on the floor and uh, we'll pray uh, over these pews and for our services Sunday and, and for all these other needs. But let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now.
I'm going to have to pray from here because I can't get this mic on and folks won't be able to hear me. So we'll uh, just pray that the Holy Spirit will be thick here Sunday. Father, we bow humbly before you realizing that our strength comes from you. You tell us to be strong in you and in your mighty power and that we would put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. Father, tonight we lift up all these requests on our prayer list. We have folks that are in the hospital and folks that are grieving and folks battling COVID and folks battling depression and loneliness and anxiety and worry and fear and uncertainty. Father, our country continues to be divided and we pray lord for unity and healing and we pray that folks would repent father from their sin and come back to you and and lord that you would just heal our land and lord that there would be a great revival and spiritual awakening and renewal and father that we as christians would would wake up Father, it's easy to grow spiritually lethargic. And maybe, Father, um, we were praying a lot uh, at the beginning of all this craziness, and we were reading our Bible, and we were sharing our faith with family and friends and neighbors, and now we've grown tired and lethargic, and we've not been as enthusiastic, Father, to, to grow. And I pray that Satan would not lullaby us to sleep spiritually, but that you would wake us up and renew our hearts and our spirits. And Lord, that you would forgive me or forgive us of any sin, Lord, that, that has hindered our worship, that's hindered our walk and relationship with you. Lord, may we not listen to the devil's lies. He's been whispering in some of our ears telling us that you can't do it or you're not doing a good job or, or you're not uh, the person that needs to lead or, or you're not the husband you need to be or the wife you need to be or you're not the son or daughter you need to be. And Lord, the devil tries to bring guilt. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a slanderer. Bind Satan, O oh Father that he would not have any glory or victory in our lives individually, in our church, collectively. And, oh, God, we pray that you would just heal our nation and, Lord, be with our leaders and, and be with those, Father, that are making decisions, that they would feel your guidance and your wisdom. And, Lord, that you would bring unity. And, Lord, we need to come together and, Lord, remove the hate from hearts. And, Lord, I pray that you would be with Christians that are struggling tonight. Lord, maybe it's in a marriage. Maybe it's finances. Father, maybe it's, it's how uh, we're doing church. But, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be right with yours. And, Lord, that we would all understand that, that going through a time like this is new to, to all of us and that we're all doing the best we can. And Lord, we just pray that, 
somehow, some way, through all the bad, you're going to bring good from it. And Lord, that we're going to keep growing closer to you, even when the devil's attacking. May we not give in or give up, but that we would keep our eyes open and fixed upon Jesus, who is our strength and our redeemer. And so, Father, just continue to, to move and bless and protect us and keep us from evil and harm. And Lord, we're just going to give you the praise and the glory. And God, as we touch over these pews and chairs and the balcony and this pulpit, and we extend that touch to the instruments and the vocalists and the choir and worship teams and Father, uh, Sunday school teachers, discipleship and Bible study leaders, oh God, bring a fresh anointing. And God, I've been praying that you would bring a fresh wind and a fresh fire in me, Lord, that you would give me wisdom to lead this church in the way you would have us to go. And Lord, that you would give me messages that would bring people to Jesus and point them to the only hope we have because you are our only hope. And Father, just help us tonight to be stirred in our spirit and to be alert and controlled because our enemy, the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Bind him, O oh God, and may he have no glory or victory, but only Jesus would be glorified and receive the victory. So, Father, we pray you would anoint and bless the 8.30 service for those Sunday school classes meeting for the 11 o'clock service. And, Lord, I pray that you would draw people to your house once again to worship you and to praise you together. And, Father, bless those who are not able to come or still fearful to come. Bless them, God, as they worship with us online. And we thank you, God, for your faithfulness and your love. And we're thanking you in advance for the good you're going to bring out of this ugly, bad time and that you would be glorified and multitudes of people would be saved as a result of your divine grace and power and Father, we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, both now and forevermore. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping. And I believe we're going to sing a closing song before we leave and before you stop watching. True with thanks.